Good Friday morning to you, family. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well and that you're having a great week thus far. Today is Book Series Discussions Friday. We're reading Chase the Lion, and today we're continuing our discussion of this book, looking at Chapter 2 on Dreams. I hope you'll join us. discussion of chapter two, uh, Chase the Lion, Dreams is chapter two, and the resources that are used for the podcast today come from scriptures as well as excerpts from the actual book. One of the scriptures I, I thought it was interesting is uh, I found that this on Bible plan, Chase the Lion actually has a devotional that's attached to it. And I thought, well, you know, some of these scriptures might go with what we're talking about today. So you'll hear me weave uh, resources that are part from the devotional, part from other resources that I have found on the internet that focus thematically on the subject as well as my own personal reflections. The librarian in me has to tell you where, where I'm getting this information from. Growing up, I heard uh, the verse, and the verse says, it's from 2 Corinthians 10, 5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I don't know, for those of you that, you know, experience a lot of church services or have heard a lot of sermons and series, perhaps you've heard that verse you know, uh, the devotional author, and I don't know who wrote this devotional, talked about this scripture and how, you know, when they grew up, it was interpreted in negative terms. And I could identify with that because I don't know if it was negative, but what I do know is the focus often became about thinking about what you're thinking about and is it positive, is it negative? Yet, you know, if we focus on negative implications, while ignoring the positive possibilities, it becomes a half-truth. It's also about capturing creative thoughts and keeping them in our minds. Simply put, it's about stewarding our ideas. Every dream is created twice. The first creation is mental. Every invention, every business, every building, every painting is conceived in the right brain imagination first. It is nothing more than a single cell idea at that point. The second creation is physical. 
And it is said that you make it obedient to Christ via blood, sweat, and tears. So what that means in everyday translation would be, if your dream is a book, you make it obedient with the keyboard. If your dream is playing a professional sport, you make it obedient at the gym. If your dream is making music, you make it obedient one note at a time. Your dreams will never exceed your imagination. You can't achieve what you don't believe. So idea generation is important. And ultimately, the question when you're you're thinking about what we're talking about today is where do you stand on the road to the execution of your God-given idea? Another way to think about it is the following. We're conditioned to tell ourselves that our dreams won't come true. Why? Because the world loves to apply limits to anything and everything it can. It's a default setting. We're told many of us perhaps, you know, have had the experience uh, where people said or shared with us that sometimes things won't work. Sometimes things can't happen. Some things just aren't possible. And this creates uh the perception or the experience where we're forced to accept limitations imposed by others because others impose limitations upon them. And then we're trained to accept those limitations as though they were our own idea. Yet there's no speed limit that works quite as well as one that you choose yourself after all. And because negativity is contagious, we can often find ourselves reinforcing the same negativity in the lives of others just as it was done to us. The fact is that we come from a world where to be realistic simply means setting conditions and roadblocks on what is possible. Reaching for a dream job or something that you've been longing for all along is often seen as a hopeless behavior that needs correcting if that person is to have a happier life. Because what is really meant when people say happier sometimes is sometimes people are just being leveled out, content to follow the same road as people have before us. I mean, isn't that how roads are made after all? Enough people follow the same path that it becomes a track, then a road, then a freeway, six lanes of traffic crawling in one direction. That's the world's idea of how we should all be living our lives. Yet Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. The word possible is a fantastic word, but sometimes it's said that, you know, the word possible has been co-opted by pessimists masquerading as pragmatists the world over. And here's what I mean. The word itself, possible, remains almost unchanged from the Latin. It originally came from, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, possibilis, literally meaning what can be done. In the original Latin, it has the connotation of power, of capability, of capacity, the ability to accomplish. Yet 1,500 years of linguistic evolution have changed some words out of all recognition. But here, all we had to do was to remove hope from the equation. Nowadays, this means that the word possible has connotations of resignation and doubt. It's mostly used in sentences like, it just wasn't possible, or is it really possible? Then there's the flat statement, that's impossible, which we'll use left right and center about anything to anyone. We're trained to do it. Yet, it's empowering to decide that something is possible. It says something about each of us. I believe when we say yes, 
I can do it. Why? Or yes, I can do that. I believe that's empowering because it raises the spirit, not just in us, but in those around us. Because the natural response when someone turns to you and says, yes, I can do that is to smile and reply, great. But as good as that is for us, as powerful as that makes us feel, and as uplifting as that can be for the people around us to experience nothing, absolutely nothing, is empowering as deciding that something you thought couldn't be done can be done after all. It's one of the best feelings in the world to flip the switch on the negativity that we're conditioned in and to declare the impossible is possible. Yes, I can have healthy relationships. Yes, I can pursue that business. Yes, I can obtain licensure for real estate or social work. Yes, I can launch this encouraging space. Yes, I can. Whatever those dreams are in your heart, the point of the post, the point of the discussion today is that it is possible. It is possible to declare the impossible possible. And when we look in the scripture, Abba's been telling us that for a long, long time. Think about it this way, for nothing will be impossible with God. That's a scripture in Luke 137 or I can do all things through him who strengthens me. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. But another way that this idea, this concept of possibility was definitive was in the idea uh, in the depiction in Mark 10. It was a rich and terribly pious young man who comes to Jesus and asks what he must do to attain eternal life. Jesus tells him that he's doing everything right and that the time had come to give away all of his earthly possessions and come and follow him. Of course, the young man can't bear the idea of poverty, of giving everything away, so he went away sorrowful but loaded. Jesus exclaimed to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God and promptly flabbergasted his friends, as Jesus often did. You see, the dominant teaching of that day is that accruing wealth in life was a sign of divine blessing. That meant the rich were more likely to enter heaven than the poor. And in many ways, this particular vernacular, this particular idea is still being impressed. But Christ told them a different story, explaining you can't earn your way into heaven on your own merits and you can't buy your way into the kingdom. And when the disciples asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. What's the point? The power of possibility, the power of dreaming is a gift from God to us via Christ. All is possible because when God gives us a promise, he releases us from logic into the realm of imagination. We don't get to sit there and worry about whether it can be done, how likely it really is that it can be accomplished, how many have tried and failed. We don't get to ask, is it possible? Instead, we announce it is possible because we are seeing beyond the problems to the fulfillment of the promise. Because a promise from our Father in heaven means a guaranteed outcome, empowering us to walk, to move the steps toward freedom and realization. One of the reasons that Abba loves 
our impossibilities so much is because Abba adores the moment when he can step into our helplessness and hopelessness and make the promise to us. It announces Abba's presence in the very circumstance that should be conspiring to cause us to unbelief. The joy we feel when the unthinkable becomes imaginable is lived vicariously by our fathers thousandfold. Think about it this way. On the day of Pentecost, God issued a statement of intent to the entire world, causing an outpouring of the Spirit that made it possible for people to access his kingdom through prophecy, vision, and dreaming. It was a game-changing moment in history, the final piece of the new covenant that had begun with the birth of Jesus and the unveiling of the new reality of being in Christ. And as Peter pointed out that day, it was the fulfillment of a promise that made, excuse me, it was a fulfillment of a promise that was made to the prophet. Joel, several centuries earlier, stated in Joel 2, 28, 30, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. What does that mean? Even the gifts of prophecy, vision, and dreaming given to the church at the moment of its birth, the same gifts that help us to bypass our natural mindset to access the supernatural were themselves the outcome of a promise. I'll say that for the people in the back. Even the gifts of prophecy, vision, and dreaming given to the church at the moment of its birth, the same gifts that help us to bypass our natural mindset to access the supernatural or themselves the outcome of a promise. Why? Because the principles of faith that allow us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not to lean on our flawed understanding were themselves the resolution of prophecy. The promise and the prophecies from the spirit in your own lives will tell you who God wants to be for you. That's what we're talking about. Dreams. It is possible. All things are possible to him that believes. What are you believing about who God is for you in your life? What are you believing about the dreams that you're given about with the gifts and the skills and the talents that you have for your life? What are you believing about the purpose for your life? Why is this important? It is important because they contain the power needed to lift you point to yourself, into a different realm of possibility in life to gain a powerful sense of God's presence, focus on the promise and on the guaranteed outcome contained within that promise and allow yourself to be empowered by it. What does that mean? Nothing is impossible. Dream the possible dream that you have for your life. It's totally okay. It's doable. It is possible. That's all I have for you today. Um, I hope that what I've said has encouraged your mind, your spirit, and your soul. If you'd like to reach out to the podcast, you always can. Emailing encouragingyourspiritpodcast at gmail.com. Closing question, is this making you rethink any impossible dreams that you might have? Feel free to tell me more about it via email. All right. I hope you have a great weekend, a great rest of your day. I love you. There's absolutely nothing you can do to change it.
Let's close with a word of good prayer. Father God, we thank you for a wonderful day, a day that presents new opportunities to see your grace, your love, your mercy, your kindness, and your compassion that you have for each and every one of us. We declare that you have given us dreams in our lives. We declare that we submit these dreams to be obedient to everything that you say that we can do, everything that you say that we can be for being who we are in you. Help us to continue to grow, continue to dig deeper, to continue to learn who you are for our lives, the purpose you have for our lives, the plans that you have for our lives, and to continue to be everything that we are called to be. Help us to love and share and grow with each other. Help us to reach out and be loved, to be grace, be kindness, be the people that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in. Y'all have a great week. Talk to you next time. Peace.